episode 43. Today, I'm just chatting with Adam Kahanowitz from The Vegan News. How are you, Adam? Hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. Yep. Um, just had a little argument with um, somebody on today, which was quite upsetting, but um, I'm not even really going to go into that, but... You know, you know how that goes when you, when you're trying to work with people. We're gonna have lots to talk about today, anyway. Absolutely, yeah, definitely, yeah. So, what's the latest with you? Um, I've just been busy. You know, these Gary Francione interviews. Uh, do you know who Gary Francione is? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so funny. Hey, I'm sorry. It, it's really late over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't really make that excuse because I have coffee, but. Uh. Um, um, yeah, these, these Francian interviews, because I'm such a, a perfectionist, I want them to be in like the highest possible quality. So every time I do something with them, like all this technical stuff, it just takes an enormously long time and I still don't have it all uploaded yet. But <laughs> let, let me tell you like how crazy it's gotten. It's gotten to the point where um, Randy, you know, who does Randy Sandberg, who does Gary's website. Yeah. I was going to send him the video. That's the whole thing, like yeah. start to finish, not uh, in parts because there's seven parts. Yeah. And it's an hour long, and it, it just got so big that I emailed Randy, and I'm just like, you know, I think I'm just going to put it on a pen drive and mail it to you. Wow. Like, literally an envelope, because <laughs> it's going to take days to upload. <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> How big is it? Um, the last one I did was about 12.9 um, gigabytes, and I'm trying to get that down to about 3.4. Oh, so, okay. So, terms, that's... I don't know. I don't know how to say that in layman's terms. It's it's not as big. <laughs> no, I understand. No, they are great quality. I love downloading them from the Vegan News because I have this high def videos on. That's what I do. I mean, I I the YouTube is great because you know people can just watch them. But I try to I try to tell people to download the to subscribe to Vegan News anyway. But because they're such great quality videos that you've provided, I mean, they they are really. It is nice to have a nice clear picture, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just try to make it like available anywhere. You know? Well, you are, and I'm very perf- perfectly able to wait. We're able to wait. Once they're done, they're done forever. So you know, we yeah. we can wait. We can. We want to make sure that they're that they're all yeah. <laughs> that they're all good. And you're translating them. We're translating them into different languages with transcripts, yeah. which is also. I'm not doing anything, at least not right now. Like um, you have been tremendously helpful in translating them into Spanish, and and then there's also a number of people who've been translating them into like Portuguese, German. Croatian even. Yep, yep, definitely. And also the people who've been helping me. I mean, I'm not a Spanish translator. I go from Spanish into English, but I just do all the legwork. I do all, I just bang it out. And then, mm-hmm. the, and then um, Paula um, goes in and just corrects my obvious mistakes. And then, and so it's like, okay. I, I do the legwork, but there's going to be mistakes because it's not my first language. And translating, you either go one direction, you only go one direction. You go into your strongest language. Very few people can do both. You know, hmm. yeah. So, um, but I'm happy to do it because it's quite easy. It's spoken word. So I've just been like, I just go on there and I just bang it out. And then Paola goes in there and has a little giggle because I make, you know, really obvious mistakes, but they're very easy for her to spot. So she doesn't have to do as much. And then she can just go in and refine it and make it, you know, make it perfect. So we're doing like a team thing because she's, I'm yeah. unemployed at the moment. She's working. So I'm quite happy to do it, you know, because I have the time. And, and um, you know, we I would do it even if I was working. But the fact of the matter is I'm unemployed. <laughs> as she nervously giggles. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Huh. Well, uh, shall I kind of explain what, what we're going to do today? Yes, please do. Yes. I guess I have the idea because I, I listened to, I was just telling you this, is that 
whenever there's a new episode of um, NZ Vegan Podcast or NZ Vegan Podcast, as you call it, um, um, I I usually you know put it on my iPod and then I park somewhere that is like the long way to school so that I can just walk school and listen to NZ NZ Vegan Podcast on the way to school. And uh, and I was, I was listening to it and I was just thinking like, oh, it'd be great. Like I really want to have a like, conversation with Elizabeth about some of these things because. I had a lot of reactions to some of these, you know, and, and it's, I don't know, I thought it might, might be nice to have the back and forth. And since um, I have the audacity to basically just invite myself onto the show. I thought, uh, yeah. Um, and so I've got, I just collected like just a few news stories. I only have three here. And I thought we could look at them and I'd, I'd read them and, and you and I could just talk about it. Yes. And of course, to make it authentic, we both um, got coffee before. <laughs> That's we right. I am drinking so this, my coffee. This is like a bona fide like morning show. <laughs> this might be a first, Elizabeth. This might be like the first vegan like morning show. Uh, you could be right. <laughs> uh, I hesitate to ever claim to be the first at anything, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> so what's um, t- what what have you uncovered there? Have you heard of this woman in? I guess where was this? Um, it was on Facebook, but this happened at a at a pet land, it was like a pet store, there was this woman who, I guess, drowned two bunnies, and then she took a picture of herself holding them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and she said, hurry up and die. I believe Angel wrote an article on it on Care 2. Yeah, you know, and, and one of the things, when, when this story appeared, well, actually, before I react to that, let me, let me tell the story, because I don't think everybody knows what the story is. Okay. The story is a woman sentenced in Petland bunny drownings. Uh, and this is actually recent. Um, the, the the event itself was not recent, but the, the sentencing just happened, I guess. Former Petland employee Liz Carlisle was sentenced to probation, given a $250 fine, and, it's require, and is required to complete 120 hours of community service. She was charged with animal cruelty and in the, drown, in the drownings of two rabbits at the now-closed Akron Petland store. Carlisle, 20, of Ravenna. I don't know where that is, gained national attention in August after posting a picture of herself on Facebook holding the two dead rabbits. And I should mention, in the they, they supply a picture here that's zoomed in on Carlisle's face, and they blurred out the rabbits. Um, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Uh, and you can't actually even see all the rabbits anyways. But She was sentenced Thursday by Akron Municipal Court Judge Stephen Fallis. Fallis could have sentenced her to a maximum of 180 days in jail. Her attorney, Ron Gatt, said that she had been the target of death threats and verbal attacks since the story went public. Mm. In earlier court appearances, animal rights protesters had gathered outside the Harold K. Stubbs Justice Center. That's the end of the story. Uh, that's the end of the story? Okay, so mm. there we have animal rights protesters. Yeah, well, they call themselves that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I find these stories extremely upsetting. Um on, of, of course, we all do. Um, the crazy thing is, is that most people find these stories upsetting. And in fact, people who've probably eaten rabbits before, or have worn, have bought rabbit skin, you know, fur-lined muffs, or you know, jackets, find the story upsetting. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't don't you think? Yeah, and <clears throat> when the, when the story came out, I was pretty active, commenting on a lot of my friends' Facebook uh, articles because I. Uh, I tend to just click accept friend request whenever I get friend <laughs> yeah, So I, I get a lot of people who are, are vegans, and uh, I, I don't know. They, they just share different opinions than I do. Yeah. 
Um, and there were a number of people who were posting the story and I said, it's just like the Michael Vick thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just like, well, well, look, I I don't want to discount this. This is horrible. I mean, drowning bunnies, like drowning rabbits, you know, but, but is it really any different from, you know, I'm sure a lot of these people who are so outraged and sending these death threats, I, Mm -hmm. I'd be willing to bet a lot of them consume animal products. Yeah. Exactly. And, I, and I'm not, you know, um, justifying in any way, you know, sending death threats. I think that's a terrible idea, you know, for moral, practical and theoretical reasons and all the whole lot. But yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And um, I think that, you know, what really bothers me about what is being made public and what really, really bothers me when even when, you know, somebody like Peter Singer gets on TV or something like that, the real issue is never discussed. We need to be talking about the real issue. There's one real issue, and that is that we should not be using animals at all. And it doesn't matter whether we're drowning them at pet stores or whether we're eating them or whether we're going to rodeos or or whether we're hunting them or whatever. That issue never gets discussed. And you'll have 50,000 people commenting on the fact that this woman, on her prison sentence, right? And the real issue gets overlooked. And that's what bothers me about these stories. Now, if they would take these stories and say, this is another example of why domestication is wrong, because these animals are placed in situations where they are slaves and they're helpless and anything can happen to them. We need to stop using Uh animals. You know, we take a story like this, and if you and I were to write about it, or like Angel wrote about it, it's like... Animal use is wrong. And this is just another example of why it is wrong to domesticate and enslave living sentient beings because they're placed in a situation like this. But it never it never gets discussed. What gets discussed is all these secondary issues. There are secondary issues. Her prison sentence is a secondary issue to the real issue, which is that no none of us should be using animals at all. And that's what bothers me about these stories. And, you know, you try and go on there and comment about that, and all you're going to get is people arguing about her prison sentence and how wrong she is and how cruel she is. And, and the real point is not being covered. The real point of discussion that should be being discussed on every forum in every single, you know, country in the world is this is a rights violation and we need to stop. I mean, I know there's going to be opposition and people don't want to talk about it. Well, tough. That's what we should be talking about. That's where the discussion should revolve around every single time, and it never, ever does. Yeah, you know, some of this audience are, is composed of people who do not believe that animal use is, is wrong in any mm-hmm. way, but they, they simply believe that this type of animal use with this type of animal is wrong. Yeah. And then there are people who who do take the position, or, or somewhat, I guess, take the position that uh, animal use is wrong, but they seem to imply that this is like an extreme of it or something, or that it's like it's like the really bad version Um and, and unfortunately, I think they, they try to quantify it to say that situation A is worse than situation B. And the reason is the amount of suffering is if they could whip out a calculator and say there are 200 units of suffering here and 100 units of suffering here or something. You know, and even if you could come up with a good argument to say there's, there's more suffering, you know, like you said, it's not if, if um, you know, you were saying that it, it misses the fundamental issue and. If, if that's what we were to do to play this kind of like relative suffering game, um, what happens when farmers find this kind of like uh, factory farming 2.0, I guess? That's like, it's just like factory farming, but it's even worse. They even find these worse methods and they, they give them even more like constricted confinement and that sort of stuff. I think people would be saying, oh, you know, 
why don't we just do it like the old days, like mm-hmm. factory farming 1.0? That's so much more responsible. And yep. you know, <laughs> so you just simply take the the second lower rung of I don't know. It's ridiculous. It's not worth analyzing. No, and it is that is what happens. And I, I mean, I do understand. I mean, I was a a non-vegan very recently, and I remember my thought processes. You know, the reason yeah. that. You know, the the reason that they think what this woman did was so horrible is because it, you know, it's not the average, like, I think Roger wrote a really great article about this, about what they were doing to horses. Um, that's not the, or you, the way that you normally treat rabbits. Like, normally, yeah, we, we're, it's, 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 it's okay to eat them. And it's okay to farm them, but you're not allowed to drown them for fun. If you do that, you're yeah. a, you're a sadist. You're absolutely sadistic. Now, I will. I mean, I know where that comes from. I can see their attitude is like this woman deliberately took took these helpless bunnies. You know, not many people would do that. Even people who eat meat and things, they wouldn't go out and deliberately torture an animal with their own hands and then take a photo of it and say this is fun. However, there, you know, the connect, the disconnect is huge there. So yeah, maybe she. You know, we don't know anything about this woman. We don't know her history. We don't know anything about the psychological way that she was raised or anything of her personal experiences I certainly don't know her and so I can see where these people are coming from but the thing is they're missing the point and it's nice when people like like when Gary wrote the article about Michael Vick where he can relate it and say hey it's actually the same thing it really is the same thing as eating a rabbit just for fun or taking a rabbit and putting you know breeding them so that we can have them as cute cuddly pets but that that are actually our property i mean you know she 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 took those rabbits and drowned them for some particular reason was there not an actual excuse that she used i think that they it might have been a quote-unquote euthanasia thing. I, I don't know. I only have this little paragraph here, but I, I, I don't believe, and I, 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 I'm just guessing. Don't quote me on this. Okay. Um, I don't believe that she was doing it just because she, had, she was bored and she just picked them up out of the cage and they were ready to be adopted. I, I believe that they were set to go to death because, probably for a BS reason anyway, but... Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's, what I, that's what I thought about it. Now, the fact that no, she was capable... She, did it in that way for some sort of amusement. Yeah. But I, I mean, I can see the out, I can see where this this discomfort comes from because it is outside of our normal accepted abuse of animals. Uh, it's it's outside of our normal use. Uh-huh. That's why people get upset, but we do need to make that connection because what's the difference between what she did and taking a photo of it? Everybody's so outraged because they take photos of what they're doing. Like this kid who threw the dog off of the bridge. He took a film of it. Well, how many hunters take photos of the dead bodies i mean that's applauded that's accepted that's normal it's no different it is fundamentally no different at all so you know we do need to help people make these connections but i can i remember what it was like to make those connections i remember what it was like you know to say oh my god how dare that person do that to that dog that's a terrible person and i might be eating a hamburger while i'm saying that you know it's 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 a um it's it's a social uh, shift in this entire disconnect that we have. But I can see. I, mean, I don't. I don't. I'm not surprised at people reacting this way. I'm not like, oh my god, why are they reacting that way? I understand perfectly well that why they're reacting that way, and I can see where it comes from. But we have to now bring to light. You know, we have to like. We can't let them get away with that anymore. Um, you know, it is a waste of time to talk about this woman's prison sentence when we're missing the real point. So that's what we're here for: is to say, look, guess what? Because I mean, wouldn't it be a, a terrible thing? 
thing if nobody reacted to what this woman did. I mean, at the very least, people are reacting and saying, oh my gosh, that's terrible. So somewhere inside of them, they recognize that it's wrong to do this for that reason. And all we have to do is say, hey, you know how you say that that's wrong? Guess what? It's really no different from that, is it? Why is that okay and that not okay? And yeah, they fight against it. Yeah, they get confused. Yeah, they say, what are you talking about? But at the very least, we're confronting that, you know? Because um, if they didn't feel anything, if nobody gave a damn about those rabbits, we wouldn't have a hope in hell of ever even promoting veganism. So we do, you know, we're lucky that they react that way. It's, it's, it's frustrating that people can, you know, react that way. But, you know, I, I used to be that way very, very recently. The only reason I'm not anymore is because I had a clear, you know, share of ideas. Somebody woke me up with these, with these truths. If, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. But, yeah, the reason people react that way is because it is outside of the norm and they think that it's um, abnormal and they think that that's wrong. Well, I'm glad they think that's wrong. I'm, I'm very grateful that they think that's wrong, but we need them to wake up to realize that, you know, it's all wrong, <laughs> you know. make a good point in that um, when people say this is wrong because it's animal cruelty, you kind of have to wonder, like, what do you mean animal cruelty? Like, what do you mean? Mm. And then... And then I, th I think the the definition of that is something like using them is okay. It's just that this is the wrong way to use them. Yep. You know, like with the, the there's an intended use for rabbits. The intended mm -hmm. use for rabbits, they're like Haas and Pfeffer, like a prepared dish, like using them as food mm -hmm. in some countries. Or the, prepared, the, the intended use is as a companion animal. And so it's like somebody comes up with a new use for it. Mm -hmm. And that's a really like, I don't know, that's an odd way to put it, but to to use them as like a firework or something just to set mm -hmm. them off yeah. the way the show yeah and yeah exactly they they think that that shows an an exceptional sort of sadistic streak and you know psychological um uh you know disturbance well you know maybe if if a person goes out of their way to torture beyond what is normally done you could argue that yes they have some sort of you know there is there is something that needs to be paid attention to in that person's behavior but it's certainly <laughs> is a wake-up call for all of us who are participating in equally horrific torture of equally innocent animals to take a look at our own psychology, our own psyche, our own, and say, oh my gosh, you know, we're being sadistic as well. That's the mm -hmm. scary bit. That's the scary bit that people don't want to admit. It's like, how dare you compare me to, you know, this woman? I would never do that. I'm like, I know you would never do that, but have you ever eaten lamb? You know? Mm -hmm. Have you ever eaten a lamb? I mean... My goodness! And you, that, uh, I think you, you had you talked a lot about that in one of your last podcasts, and uh, yeah, that, that actions is that. Um, no, I don't think that there's a moral difference between killing a. I'm sure you don't either no. between killing a baby and an adult. But um, what is interesting, just just a point of interest, is that a lot of these animals—cows, pigs, sheep, um, chickens, and all that stuff—we usually kill them at an adolescent age, you yeah, know, or younger. It's actually, the, the um, Chris and Michelle at Peaceful Prairie were telling me about this: how there's something called a market weight. And it, the the rule is not that the older, the better the animal, as far as turning them into a profit. And, okay. and no, not at all. In fact, like with, with a cow, I believe they can live to about 20, 21 years. Yeah. But they stay four because they, that is like the market weight or the market age or something. Yeah. And for pigs is three months, three days, three weeks. Three, three, three. That's just, that's not very old at all, you know? No, it's not very old. I don't want to make a, another degree of suffering comparison to say that's, oh, that's even worse. But I, I think that that is something that we should keep in mind, you know, uh, people who um, are learning about animal rights and that sort of stuff is that all, all this junk about, 
you know, we give them the highest possible welfare, you know, the age thing is just one example of, of, of one of the things that we, we just can't change, you know, I mean, we, maybe we could, maybe we could kill them uh, older, but that would mean um, a higher cost to that. And that cost would be passed on to the consumer yeah. and probably more so to make it like a, you know, like an ethical one, like the, you know, um, what would they call it? Like an aged cow meat, aged cow meat. And then people would pay like top dollar for it, which would then <laughs> provide an economic benefit. Yeah, and it's, see, I usually try to avoid even going there with people because you can get really caught up and go on a huge amount of tangents with people about, then they'll have people saying, well, is it better to kill them while they're young so that they only spend two years in jail? Or is it better to make them, and then, and we're, and it's like, you're missing the point. We shouldn't be, you know, I really, these, we can go down so many tangents. Even when you write an article yeah. on veganism, people are going to go on a five-page rant about, v, about B12. You write an article about how we need to confront what we're doing as a species. We need to wake up now, and that's there's no excuse. I mean, we, we needed to wake up a long time ago. I only just woke up. So, you know, I'm very much like I'm still in the nightmare in a way. I remember, I know that I wasn't a bad person when I was, when I was you know, when I was eating animals. I wasn't a bad sure. person, but I was asleep. That's the only way I can think of describing it without trying to be supercilious or superior. I was just, I was unaware of the truth of the things because it was, you know, even though it was, it was right there. It's like you, this denial. But the bottom line is you can go like you write an article about veganism and the moral implications of what we're doing to other animals. And you don't even mention diet. You just say we should stop using animals. You're going to get people who go on there and start a discussion about B12. And then you're going to have 25 discussions about B12 and five long page arguments about B12. And I always go on to them and say, hey, hey, look, hey, look. You know, B12 is like is definitely um, an issue. But why are you worried about? Are you a vegan? Are you take? Are you are you are you thinking about going vegan? And if so, are you worried about B12? Because if that's the case, let's talk about that. Let's talk about you going vegan, and then we'll help you with the B12 issue. But don't give me a five-page lecture on B12 if you're not even considering going vegan. Let's talk about right. your use of animals. Let's talk about that. Stop distracting and stop going down these tangents because people will go down tangent, tangent, tangent. And that's what really annoys me. That's one of the things that annoys me about the welfare campaigns is because the real issue gets overlooked. And they claim to be representing animal rights and they're entrenching them in speciesism. They're entrenching them in the property status because they're just discussing them as things, as property. The cage needs to be this big or that big. Well, it's better quality. Well, no, it's cheaper. Well, no, that's cruel. I'm going to go buy this kind of of meat because they're out of the cage and they're not in the cage. And I'm like, the real issue, you know, we need to talk about the real issue. And um, it's, it's, I always try to bring it, but because I'm comfortable talking about that. I don't know a darn thing about agricultural practices, right? I really don't. I'm not educated on meat weight versus time spent in sow crates versus pig husbandry practices from 20 years ago. I'm comfortable talking about the justice part of it. That's why I'm lucky that this message is so clear. And I don't, you know, people expect me to know about all these things. And, you know, sometimes you do have to learn a little bit because they will challenge you and you can't come across as completely ignorant. And like, you know, people have told me, look, you know, you have to have a plan. I'm, you know, they're like, I'm like, why am I going to argue with about what crops we can grow if they're not even convinced that we shouldn't be using animals at all? It's a pointless conversation. That's my opinion. But they're like, no, you have to show that you have an alternative. And I'm like, 
the you know what they don't think that you need to have an alternative because they still think that it's morally acceptable to use animals. We have to get through that first, and then we'll all come up with all kinds of great ideas. I mean, we're incredibly creative and intelligent species when it comes to problem solving. You know, but we're not going to even get those discussions are irrelevant, in my opinion, um, until we can get people to face up to the fact that we shouldn't be using animals. So there's no point in talking about, um, I mean, that's my opinion. I mean, I, I, it's the only thing that I, we need to be talking about that. And I always try to bring it back to that. So that's actually a pretty good segue to this next article I have here. Oh, yeah. Um, as you were talking about, you know, the cage-free eggs and that sort of stuff, and people are looking for those options. And you, and you were also discussing how welfareists are um, strengthening the property status. Oh, yeah. So they're recommending these things. And, it, you know, that's really funny because on the surface, to, to somebody like me two years ago, it, it just seems like they're taking baby steps. I hate that word. Taking mm-hmm. baby steps to uh, address animal suffering and that sort of stuff. But And they're helping animals now, and they're not. They're just, not. Uh, way they're doing it is just acknowledging and strengthening the property status yeah that's what infuriates me and then when they they can't see that and i feel like they are actually speciesist and they don't even know it mm-hmm. and uh well uh, here, here's this next article uh this is about the, the the article it's not actually an article it's a blog entry i don't know if there's a difference but okay. it's uh, called more militant vegans less ethical butchers um, huh. I have not read through this. I, I read like a paragraph of it, so I don't know what it's going to say about militant vegans, but we we, we can comment <laughs> on um, the story. Is I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's 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 basically a lot of commentary. But the story is a friend of mine recently brought to my attention a former vegan who has now reinvented himself as the ethical butcher. <gasps> a title right there with peacekeeper missiles, limited autonomy, and military intelligence. <laughs> I guess he's an oxymoron. The butcher writes: After 14 years as a vegetarian, a few of those, uh, a few of those as a quite militant vegan. Oh, a few of those years, I see. Um, so, a few of those 14 years as a militant vegan, I became a butcher. The factors that went into me taking the position are many, but the result was maybe quite predictable. Within a month, I was a full-fledged meat eater. What has not changed is my passion for the welfare of animals through my work as a butcher and chef. I now see a more direct way to influence and work for the change of the meat industry and improve the quality of life for all the animals we rely on for food. Oh. <laughs> Talk about acknowledging property status, that last sentence there. Yeah. To improve the quality of life for all of the animals we rely on for food. Of yeah. course, they are here for food. Let's improve their life. Yeah. So let me get this straight, though. This person was a vegan. Why? Does it say? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I, I, apparently, it, it would probably be what he, if this is the same person I'm thinking of from a, another article, I believe it's a male. Um, I believe it's because what he would describe as an ethical position. Um, Factory farming, right? Yeah, one of those ethical positions. <laughs> yeah, probably probably the way that we treat the animals that we use. Um, okay. Particular treatment. And... Uh, he, and this is odd. So first, he was a militant vegan. I, I don't know if that's like militant as in like burning slaughterhouses or militant as in strict. Yeah, I don't know. I would like a little clarification on that as well, um, uh, because 
I hate that word anyway. Militant is getting very confused. Militant vegan. I mean, are you a militant anti-child molester? I, oh, gosh. I wonder if that's supposed to be self-deprecating, like saying, like, I was foolish in the past and now I'm smarter. You know, it like, seems that way. Militant and now I'm smarter being a butcher. <laughs> you know, or, I think that's a self yeah, or like I was unreasonable. You know, there was a time in my life where I was so unreasonable as to be vegan and be strict about it, whereas now I've come to my senses and, you know, um, that's, the, that's another problem. And I'd also like, you know, these, these, these welfareists who are promoting this stuff to know that I don't know about them, but when I go on these forums and I'm dealing with the general public and I'm dealing with people in real life, you know, in, in face-to-face instances, there are so many people who are so shut down to even considering going vegan because they've found a way to not, you know, take part in the worst practices. And there's humane farming, but there's humane. Well, I'm going to keep eating meat because there's humane. That is detrimental. That's it's a, that is like it's another, you know, they, they don't realize the damage. They don't understand. It just Sorry, I, I had a frustrating morning. I had a very frustrating morning with this with this person. That is, you know, go on forums and talk to people about veganism who are who are not vegan, who are not vegetarian, and count on your, you know, and your little tally. If you if you if we want to do little tallies like they do, what want the results? What are the results? They all want their little results. Well, I'll tell you what the results are. The results are that there are many people who are utterly convinced that um, humane means just that, and they won't even consider veganism because they can eat their happy meat and have their meat too, you know. So mm-hmm. that is detrimental as, as anything. And then you have, this is just more proof, you have a guy who was vegan who's going back to butchering because he's, he, he's, he's just been so convinced by these animal people that, yes, we're, our, you know, we, we're supposed to be using animals. That's what they're there for. And as long as we do it, you know, quote, unquote, humanely, which is just so, such a lie anyway. I mean, I've had people post you know, links to humane myths and to like cage-free egg myths who still think, who still, who still come back to me and say, yes, but what about the animals that are suffering today? I want to help the animals that are suffering today whenever yeah. I complain about it. And I'm like, you just posted me a link to a lie, you know, to the, that exposed the lie of this so-called, you know, the absolute lie, like the horrific lie, like the most obscene torture. And then you're still going to come back to me and say, where's your brain? You know, you know, and ah, sorry. Get them talking out outside of these terms of suffering. You know, that's sometimes that's what I tell people. Well, first, I say is that that well, what you're proposing is it would not help any kind of suffering, at least not significantly. And second of all, like we need to stop thinking about this in terms of suffering. And I like to use the human examples that that Gary uses a lot, which is like, you know, should we have humane rape? Should we have humane murder and that sort of stuff? Um, and and you know, you'd be surprised. Do you remember when I, I had called you a while back? Just and I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so frustrated with this conversation. Because um, I was talking with a bunch of animal people, and and uh, I had not realized just how pathetic their position was. Mm. And it reminded me that um, for a lot of animal people, step number one for them of, of being an animal rights person is to give up, mm. meaning that um, they, they may acknowledge that there is a fundamental system in place which which makes this suffering happen, which brings animals into the world in order to be dependent on us and in order to be um, uh, means for our ends, which leads to that suffering, right? Yeah. And and they go on to say, well, you know, most people eat meat and it's just really rampant. I don't think it's something we can stop. And it's just a very creative way of giving up. 
Yeah. I mean, they might be able to say, you know, I give up. Let's just do something stupid. And uh, and I have this article here that's, um, I don't know if this is the same vegan butcher. Because oh. I can find some more details about it. But it might be, a, I hate to say there's like another one, but oh. meet Mangiardo. He's been vegan for five years. I mean, it's it's essentially the same story at, at the root, but I, I think he's he's still, well, we'll put it this way. He still follows a vegan diet. Um, I call him a vegan, but I know I live in a world where most people eat meat, but I feel that being a butcher for natural meat allows more options. If I can at least educate people about the benefits of natural meat, I feel like I can actually have some influence on the whole animal situation. I feel like the process of people eating meat is going to be present no matter what. By cutting meat and knowing what it is, it helps reinforce the reasons why I am a vegan. No, that's just insane. Okay, when you say natural meat, what is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, told, I I said organic meat or natural meat in this conversation to a friend of mine who was, uh, just spent his whole life on a farm and all kinds of animal agriculture. And he just yeah. looked at me and he's like, organic meat? What the heck is that? You know, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I guess they don't give him like antibiotics and hormones. And he's like, well, yeah, nobody does, you know. Like, right, a lot of meat. I mean, not a lot. Yep. <laughs> well, in New Zealand, they don't. They don't do that. They don't. I don't. As far as I know, not yet. New Zealand is becoming more and more intense. More and more intense. Factory farming is taking off here. But yeah, yeah see, you know, this person is is a speciesist, and I'm I'm really really, I mean, I hate labeling people like that. I, I sound, it, it goes down wrong, and I don't tell people that. I don't go to people and say, look. You're, you know, perpetuate. What I say to them is, what you're doing with this campaign is perpetuating speciesism, okay? Because you're busy spending all your time and energy discussing these these animals as property. You're 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 not challenging the fact that they shouldn't be used. You're discussing them as property, and 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 that that is perpetuating speciesism. They don't see it. They don't understand it. But I don't say you're a speciesist. You're a speciesist, and you don't even know it because that's pointless. It would just alienate. You know, it would just. I don't see the point. I don't. I, I don't think that is effective. And I want to be effective. But it is perpetuating speciesism because I, you know, like we've had this discussion before, and what, what it's so hard to put into words when when it seems so. I have to remember that. Like Roger said, you know, everybody thinks differently, and what seems very clear and obvious to me, I mean, other people obviously disagree with me. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people think I'm totally insane. I'm sure a lot of people think I'm stupid, I mean, when they listen to me talking about these things, because they don't think the same way as me, and I have to respect that. I have to say, look, you know, you don't you don't think about it the same way I do. I think I'm right, because I think that, you know, the abolitionist approach is right, because I put as as equally as immoral what we're doing to animals, everything that we're doing to animals as child rape. This is they're equally wrong to me. And I'm talking like let's not let's not compare the actions. Let's not compare, you know, um the actual physicality of it. Let's just theoretically and, and analyze the, the, the wrongness, the immorality of it. And let's not get into etymology and the you know the fundamental meaning of the word moral or whatever it comes from. Let's just say, you know, for me they're equally wrong. They're equally bad. Right? So yeah. how, if you know that and if you feel that, how can you do anything less than say that? How can you, how can you not? And that's why people don't get these analogies. Like we say, you know, would you have a humane rape campaign? And they're, they're actually still a little species. And they're like, well, no, but, you know, this is, that's humans. That Nobody ever answers me. They always, I mean, because I, I ask that question a lot, like on Twitter and stuff. The other responses I've had is, is, is one one of the ways people do not answer the question is they say that's a different because um, rape is not accepted in society or 
Yeah, rape is not accepted in society. Yeah, but why is what we're doing accepted? Because nobody's challenging it except for the very few people who actually have the presence of mind to, to challenge it, even though they know that the overwhelming amount of people don't. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, why is it so accepted? Well, let me give you a clue. Go and look at a welfareist campaign that completely entrenches animals in the property status, doesn't challenge it at all, and represents supposedly animal rights to the public. That's why it's so accepted. You know, we have to challenge this. It's the right thing to do. And people don't get that. They think that we're crazy. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's almost like, have you ever read, because um, I don't want to come across as like I'm a know-it-all and I'm self-righteous, but I just like, if you think that what we're doing to animals is equally as immoral as human rights atrocities, which I believe they are equally the same, and there are no degrees, like you say, we can't be regulating atrocities. So like, you know, yes, maybe, you know, beef cattle farming is less um, prolonged agony than dairy farming, but they're both wrong and they both need to stop for the same reason. The basic reason is that they're wrong and they shouldn't be happening. That's the basic reason. So rather than get into comparisons of atrocities, you know, they're all equally wrong. We need to say that. We need to, you know, tell the truth to people. And if you are not, I am very, I tell people, examine your own actions. Like, would you, you know, try to take yourself out and just think for a second, why is it okay for us to, to clap our hands that chickens are being gassed by the billion, by the billion, when <laughs> yeah, we by have... Way, by an organization who always compared um, animal, the animal industry to the Holocaust. To the Holocaust. And then, yeah, and then they applaud the animal industry for, for putting chickens in a gas chamber. Very ironic. Now anyway, tell me tell me that's not perpetuating speciesism. Tell me that is not completely and utterly doing nothing right. to challenge. Doing nothing to challenge. That, sorry, the, the, the comment that um, um, it's it's you can't use rape as an example because it's accepted in society. It's kind of like, well, that's kind of my point. I mean, what if we don't want animal use to be accepted in society, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, Why yeah. aren't we trying right. to... Make it unacceptable. Yeah. Why are we not telling the truth? Why are we not sticking up for them? Everybody's so scared. It's like, what are you scared of? The truth. You know, what are you scared of? You know, what you're doing isn't working anyway. It's not working anyway. It's just not working though. And it's just, it's horrific what's happening to these animals. And you know what else? Um, people don't understand why we get upset when. Um, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about, have you got any more articles there? Because those articles, that those last two were actually quite distressing, really. I mean... I've those... got one more, but it doesn't matter. We could just do whatever. Yeah, no, no. I want to... Um, I was just going to say a little bit about, because I know, you see, there's a lot of misconception. What happens is a lot of people don't read Gary Francione. They don't read mm -hmm. what he's... They don't go to his website and read it. They hear it third, fourth, fifth, sixth hand. And by the time it's been twisted around, what they hear is... This is what I hear commonly. I hear that abolitionists don't... And I had to deal with this this very morning, this morning. In fact, last night and this morning with someone who I've already spoken with and who just... Anyway... Abolitionists don't care about the animals that are suffering now, and we just want to leave them to their fate. That, that's number one. Number two, um, abolitionists think that you know, everybody's going to go vegan overnight. And number three, that um, we say you go vegan or do nothing. So every single, you know, if anybody who's read a, a single word that Gary Francione has written, or mm -hmm. any of the other people who have written about it who are coming out as, you know, or listen to Vegan Freaks or read your blogs or Corey or Vincent or, you know, you know anybody, any one of us who are trying to promote this, that those three statements are blatantly false, blatantly false. But they're Absolutely. not reading what we're saying. They're not reading what Gary's saying. And they don't know what 
is going on at all. They're hearing it third, fourth, and fifth hand. And it's just so insidious and detrimental. And I always go and I say, you know what? You don't have a clue. That is not true. And I say, go and read it. Just read it and then argue against it. And I've had people who are like, I've read it and I still don't agree. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, but why don't you agree? And they can't come up with any reasons because they didn't really read it. You know, they didn't really read it. Oh, and the other thing that people think abolition is, is it's just just bash, is like being divisive and bashing um, bashing P- Peter and, you know, bashing other people who are who are bashing welfare, uh, bashing um, welfareers and bashing vegetarians. They, they miss the fundamental point that what we're saying is, look, we as a as a you know as a movement need to stick up for the rights of animals not to be used and the way to do that is to stick up for their right not to be used hello that's all we need to be doing that's all we should be doing not kowtowing to the speciesism you know and they mm-hmm. and they really are convincing themselves that it's working but it's not even working there's an article that just came out now where a guy che green wrote a whole oh. article saying <laughs> you know welfareism doesn't work and what was his solution? Well, guess what? We're too divisive, and you know we it's are. All, if, if they think welfareism works and welfareism works, and then if they if they see that it doesn't, it's funny when they they actually notice, and then, then they just say the same thing that they have always been saying, like, oh, well, we just need better welfareism. <laughs> oh my God, Chigri, whatever you say, it just makes me laugh because I was arguing with him on Twitter, and he he called me a fundamentalist, and I <sighs> and I and then he also said maybe in the same sentence or something he said that um, he believes that animal use is unethical, and I was like, wow. So I replied and I said. Are you saying that you are calling animal use unethical and you are also calling it humane? And I got this big pause. And then I got an email from him and I said, you are making me look bad. It's bad on my organization. (laughs) (laughs) Look, Che, I sympathize. If I were taking a morally indefensible position, uh, I would also, you know, want to protect my donors. (laughs) It's very hard to... um... Well, you know, it's a very difficult position to be in, to be in this position where you're arguing such confused messages. It really is. It's it's just what really drives me nuts is they, how dare you call, how dare you say we're fundamentalists, you know? Human rights advocates don't get called, you know, um, maybe they do, I don't know, but uh, I say to people all the time, I, I say, look, you know, um, you're calling me radical and fundamentalist. Um, if I was on here um, saying that all child rape needs to stop, even though we know it's occurring and even though we know that people are actually getting away with it, and there's actually businesses that make money off of it because all of those things are true, would you accept it if I said, okay, let's work with – you know what? I said one very recently, which is quite um, – I, I said it, I said it um, quite um, – it's quite a controversial one. But it, I, it, I was, it was out of, sometimes I say things out of frustration, and I said, it, you're not fighting, I said, you can't say that you're fighting racism while at the same time discussing humane lynching with the KKK. And, right. you know, I thought that people might actually get really upset with me because I mentioned a terrible organization. There are, even just their name gives me cold shivers, I gotta tell you. They're, they're just, their history is just very scary. And I was a little bit nervous about, after I posted it, I thought, well, maybe I'm gonna get some backlash for that. Well, I didn't get a lot, but I did have somebody who I know who goes back and forth a lot, and I'm not really quite sure where he stands, but he went on and said, yes, I would. It's <laughs> like, oh. Ah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a little further conversation than that, but you see, that's the bottom line is like, I don't, I, maybe it's my lack of comprehension as to how you can claim that you want 
that you acknowledge that it's wrong to use animals and then go on and spend all your time discussing ways of using animals to society and say that you're mm. helping animals and say that you're confronting you're not confronting speciesism you're entrenching them how can you say that and number two if the evidence is out there that it's not even working you know these humane is not i mean how dare you call that humane you know, the, the, they, you know, the, the, there was six million people who were gassed to death or, or tortured in other ways and, and during the Holocaust. And that is a, is a horrific event. And it is absolutely inhumane. And it is got, it is the, one of the biggest legacies of shame and horror in our history as a species. Okay? It's acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Yet we're going to celebrate that they're going to do that to billions of chickens. So if it's it's incredibly speciesist, the movement is incredibly speciesist. That's what scares me. That's what scares me. And we're getting called fundamentalists because we're trying to say we need to tell the truth that we can't. This must stop. Oh, but you're fundamentalist for saying that it's not going to stop. I'm like, oh, it it really scares me to be called fundamentalist by other vegans. It really does. And you know the crazy thing is that if. If we were to do it the abolitionist way, if we were to take the abolitionist approach, all these things that they're trying to to have happen will happen anyway. All the the reform, the animal industry reform, I'm not saying that the abolitionist approach supports it. I'm just saying that if we if we have a movement to tell people to demand that they're to demand veganism and to demand that animal use ends, that we do not use animals, the industry all by themselves will will uh, come out with a reform. And like Gary said, that they will reply by saying, well, we'll make it better. Mm-hmm. And that it's not mm-hmm. to say that that's, that's a good thing, you know, that, that, that that's progress or something. It, it's just mind-blowing because um, I understand having once taken the welfare position myself, I'm embarrassed to admit, I understand the impulse of saying, well, we need, we, we need some welfareism because we, you know, I, I, I understand that, that impulse, that kind of fear of not even like acknowledging it or not having it because you feel there's that incorrect idea that you're doing something in the meantime. And, well, it's incorrect in that you're not doing something positive in the meantime, for sure. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about a friend of mine that I'll call uh, Rachel because okay. I don't – she's, uh, you know, wants yeah. to be talked about publicly, good friend of mine. And I caught up with her, and she was saying how she's getting into animal rights. And I was like, oh, really? And she's writing a paper on it. And I come to find out that she um, she read Singer, and she, re- she read um, – um, a utilitarianism book and she's taking a utilitarian position and I was like well you know I, I disagree with it. I don't take that position and then I just started asking her some questions and I asked well do you believe death is a harm no okay you believe that you know and it went through those things and, I, and then I simply just said the the utilitarian position disagrees with you you know and um, I, I laid it all out and she's she's reading uh, Rachel's reading um, Gary Francione. She's reading Introduction to Animal Rights. Thank God. Excellent. Yay. Because <laughs> um, I think that, yeah. And um, and also, you know, I had a dialogue with her, and it was just over and over. She just kept appealing to welfareism. It was kind of frustrating me, uh, y- you know, and, uh, and I thought, you know, I, I understand that impulse. I don't agree with it, but I understand the impulse that um, you want to – you want to have that kind of uh, that reward center part of your brain acknowledged and like, oh, victory! I've done something. But it's not doing anything. It's not doing anything. It's really not. It's just um, I can't understand that impulse, which is another reason why I need I need to sort of broaden my mind a little bit. Maybe I understand the impulse to um, to how can I explain it. I know that they think I well 
see what this, a lot of people miss a lot of things that Gary says because, like I say, they hear it third or fourth hand from people who totally don't like him or don't know what he's saying, and then they do it wrong. But the thing is, look, like you said, first of all, veganism helps animals. Okay, so somebody goes vegan, that's helping big time, right? They always forget that, but they say nobody's going to go vegan, nobody's going to go vegan, and I'm like, the reason they're not going vegan is because you're telling them it's okay to eat meat. I don't tell people that. I never tell people that. I never tell people it's okay to eat humane meat, and I never tell people it's okay to cut down. I tell them the truth. I say it's wrong, and um, and but I'm too extreme for saying that. That's too extreme. I need to, you know, perpetuate speciesism. But the thing is, like you say, industry is also moving towards these practices because it's more economic for them. I mean, that's empirical evidence that the the um, gassing of the chickens is better economically. So industries doing whatever industry does to um, make their industry more profitable. And it just mm-hmm. so happens that some of the things that they're doing are um, on the surface uh, slightly less painful for the animals, supposedly. You know, because like I acknowledge that the um, chickens in the um, enormous uh, torture chambers that are called cage free are not standing on wire. I understand that. I know Eric Marcus has a great big, you know, that's his, that's what helps him sleep at night. They're not standing on wire. At least mm-hmm. they're not standing on wire. And okay, I'm Eric like, Marcus, the guy who won't even read Gary Francion's material and then goes and debates him. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Right, and ahead. a lot of people don't read. They don't read a word, and they hear it third or fourth hand, and it is very frustrating to hear these because there's a lot of people who don't understand what we're doing, and they really do honestly think, Adam, they really do honestly think that we um, don't want to help animals that are suffering now. They don't understand that what they're doing isn't helping animals suffering now because they don't read any of that. All they read is um, other people talking about us bashing welfare and all they read is that we're fundamentalists and that we um, are extremists. And nobody's actually going to the source. Um, so I do call people on it. Uh, I do go and say, hey, um, that's not what abolition is. Abolition, you know, and you know, I love the vegan freaks because they're proof that it works, you know, because you've got testament on their iTunes page. So I say to people, they're like, where's the proof that, you know, because first of all, the abolitionist movement is just getting going anyway. It really is. So we, you know, it's, it's, you know, we, we really have, you know, we don't have 200 years of, 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 of abolition. I had somebody say to me, there are groups just like you and there's a person in New Zealand who's been doing just what you do for ages and he hasn't made a difference. And I went on his webpage, Adam, and there was not one mention of the word veganism on the entire page, on the entire, I I searched through um, two pages worth of posts before I thought, well, he's obviously not doing what I'm doing. It was all single issue, foie gras protest over here, anti-fur protest over there. The only time that veganism came up on this person's website that this other person had told me, you know, somebody's been already doing this in New Zealand and they're totally failing because and I was like, well, they're not doing what I'm doing they're not promoting vegan education, they're not prom- They're not promoting, um, and, uh, confronting speciesism or confronting animal use they're doing single issue um, campaigns and they're not even talking about veganism and the only time that the word vegan showed up was when they said we're going to have our meeting at the vegan restaurant so they're not, so they don't even know what we're doing they don't know what we're doing, um, nobody knows and nobody will read it and they're hearing it all second or third hand and it is I mean, I don't know, I mean, how Gary has kept his sanity for 25 years. My hat goes off to him because I'm losing my brain sometimes just trying to deal with this misinformation. And um, it's just very, very sad to me that it's, it's you know, people can't see that, um, 
you know, they can't even relate to our analogies like promoting humane child molestation because they're actually, maybe they are actually speciesist. I can't think of any other way to describe it because we wouldn't accept. You have to say what's right, you know. And I know that they they just hear and they think I'm a, they think that I'm a fundamentalist for saying that. Well, I'm sorry. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna speak the truth. You know, these words are really tricky in that, you know, when you call someone a fundamentalist, it has a very negative connotation. And I, well, I mean, I don't accept that label for myself at all in the first place. But um, we, we, the, 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 um, the welfareists use these words that, that can really trick you into having positive feelings about one issue and the negative feelings about another. And, and one of those is that when they say to me, someone who, who only educates people about veganism, and for instance, on my site, I have uh, this huge directly, directory listing of, of, of um, places where you can eat, where you live. Mm. And mm. I just list vegan mm. and vegan accommodating. I don't say vegan friendly either, vegan accommodating. Oh, very and good. People say, why not vegetarian? I'm like, well, why vegetarian? Mean, why that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I could start a whole discussion about that. But anyway, <laughs> back to these words that people use. Um, they'll say, well, you know, we have to recognize vegetarians and vegans and flexitarians and everything because you know, we need to recognize diversity. <laughs> and it's like, oh, come on. That's not, don't call that diversity. You know, yeah. like diversity, someone who like is a vegan and they, you know, they like to cook at home and they make like a lot of desserts. And then another vegan, you know, they, they're like, they just kind of cook like, they're just like the peanut butter and jelly sandwich vegan. Like that's diversity, to me, you know, yeah. as diversity among, you know, people who accept animal rights. And and then another one was that, um, gosh, I can't think of the other one, but I, I think you, you kind of get the gist of it. You know, yeah. like the, the, these words that are described, they, they give you, oh, that's it, compromise. It has, compromise has this this connotation of peace, of peacefulness and yeah. moving forward. And when you call, you know, welfare some compromise, it's just, it's, it, like, don't call it, that's not compromise. Yeah, would you call it compromise if 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 people were, uh, you know, if people were um, like um, uh, giving the children candy before they raped them? I mean, come <laughs> on! But I mean, people hear us say these things and they cannot understand it because to them it sounds like it's like a foreign language to them. Because I'm guessing, I mean, I can only assume that they don't think that they're equally morally abhorrent. Because I can't think of any other way why you would not understand that analogy. It's just an analogy. We're talking about the immorality of it. We're talking about the wrongness of it. Let's tell the truth. You know, but they can't. It's a, those analogies made perfect sense to me when I acknowledged what, was, what we were doing to animals, when I woke up to what we were doing to non-human animals, how, how, what we were doing to them. You know, um, I, I um, immediately recognized when I read these analogies that it made perfect sense to me. I didn't sit there and compare the actual acts of atrocities. I didn't sit there and compare the mentality of a person who rapes children to the mentality of a person who eats meat. That's irrelevant. The point is the the wrongness of the of the practice. They're equally wrong. So why are we splitting them up into? It's okay to gas these um, billions of chickens, and that's actually applaudable. But it's terribly wrong to gas you know, 6 million people. Well, I think it's terribly wrong to gas 6 million people. I also happen to think that it's terribly wrong to gas, you know, billions of chickens. And in fact, um, if they were, you know, uh, using injections that were painless to kill billions of chickens, I would think that was wrong too. You know, they don't, they can't relate to that. It's all about, like you say, the, it's, it's about this, they're, they, they obviously, some part of them thinks that it's acceptable to use animals for food. 
you know, and uh, it's not. To use animals for anything, you know, to, that they're not here for us to use. And they'll, they'll deny it and they'll say, no, we don't think that, you know, we, we're just um, trying to help the animals now. And, um, and they can't understand. They really can't understand. I mean, look, I have to respect. They don't agree with me. They think that I'm wrong. And that's okay. I, they think I'm wrong. They think we're wrong. Um, we don't think that they're helping animals now. Um, in fact, we think they're hurting animals. They don't agree. Um and I don't want to call names and things like that, but I think a lot of it has to do with underlying um, actual actual speciesism in a in a very deep seated way because it's not acceptable to promote anything, you know, to speak out as a you know, nothing's going to change unless we confront it. That's my humble opinion, and um, uh, if that makes me radical and and uh, uncompromising, well, I'm uncompromising about child rape too, you know. Uh, and just because, you know, 99% of the world isn't, uh, you know, doing that and 99% of the world is is uh, consuming animal products doesn't make it any less wrong. Yeah. Oh, God. I know I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm listening to them myself and I'm thinking there are people who are going to be listening to me who are just thinking that I'm totally delude, deluded and delusional and that I have no idea about the reality. The reality is, you know, you, you know, because I know you go up to people and you tell, you tell them these things and they still continue to, uh, to eat uh, animals. I know that. But w- what are we going to do? Perpetuate the, you know, what about the people who we can reach, as, 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 Gary, as Gary has said in that interview with Eric? That, that made perfect sense to me. Um, it just makes perfect sense to me and it doesn't make sense to me to, to um to talk about their property status as if it's okay to work with industry to work with people who are eating them and say well let's talk about different ways of using them and then try to claim that you're actually working towards abolition of their use it is actually it's actually a contradiction of action and words you know mm-hmm. don't you think i mean it's um yeah as soon as you actually like understand what we're what we're doing, like the whole story, and not not just understanding like oh we're minimizing suffering. That's not understanding, okay? No. Then, then you start to see like how these these words are so bastardized. And like yeah. another one is, is black and white. Like when I tell people that um, you know we should be vegan and not vegetarian, like well you know let's not be black and white about it because because anyone who who interjects an argument by saying let's not be black and white is going to look like the guy who's like you know he's taking the middle ground. He's he's being understanding. He's seeing both sides of the coin, or he or she, um, and. And the reason I mention this is because is I've got this other article here is on you know who Jonathan Safran Foer is. I think. Oh, I gosh, good. Uh, that's what I was going to start talking about. Thank oh, you. Oh, really? Yes, I, I think we need to talk about this. We need to clarify this. Yes. Because he's got this book out. I, he, you, you might know Foer. Speaking <laughs> to your audience, you might know Foer for um, from his book Everything Is Illuminated, which I've actually heard is pretty good. It's a fiction novel. It has nothing to do with animal rights or anything. Uh, oh, okay. And then. Uh, and then Jonathan comes out with this book called Eating Animals. Oh my goodness, what a what a radical book! It's sarcasm. Um, and he's he's in the news because I guess he's making some appearance and he, and there's this interview with him, and and he uses this word black and white. He says it's a mistake to think about these issues in a black and white way. The words vegetarian and vegan have done a disservice to the conversation because they imply that one either is or isn't, where the reality is that most everyone falls somewhere between. Somewhere between the extremes, we shouldn't be intimidated by someone else's idea of perfection if it will be re- prevent us. And that's another word that's like the negative connotation. That's like, well, we're just perfectionist utopian. You know, that's sort of like, well, <laughs> I'm a perfectionist about child rape, too, Adam. How about you? Right. 
But we shouldn't be intimidated by someone else's idea of perfection if it will prevent us from taking steps we actively want to take. Rather than trying to go vegan tomorrow, why not cut out one serving of meat a week? If all Americans did that, it would be the equivalent of taking 5 million cars off the road. See how it feels. If it feels good, and I bet it will, do more. And then this, um, this interviewer comes back and he says, if one makes an ethical argument not to eat meat because it's killing a living thing, where do you draw the line? Cows, fish, chicken, eggs, plants, <clears throat> or chicken eggs is the word, not chicken eggs. You don't kill an egg. Yeah. Uh, and then Jonathan comes back. <sighs> I, I need to show this to this Rachel girl I'm telling you about because okay. I, I don't think she's understanding that the welfarers do not even agree with her position. Um, <laughs> and he says, that's not really my argument. My argument is that we should make, not make living things spend living things. I love that. My argument is that we should not make living things spend their entire lives in cramped enclosures without exposure to the sun while being fed grossly unnatural diets. I don't get into the philosophical arguments of whether or not it's right, in quotes, right to eat animals because I don't think it's the important question. The important question, whose answer almost everyone agrees on when exposed to the realities is... Is it right to eat animals given the way we are actually raising them and killing them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, this is why. Thank you. You see, people um, get very upset because we're not supporting this book. And, they, you know, they're, they're very, very upset. And um, I'm glad that you read that because, th you see, that those are the things that get, that get missed. And I read another, um, I read another um, review where he... You know, he, he spent all this time actually in slaughterhouses and in, you know, far, factory farms and stuff. And he is not himself actually vegan. I mean, he will still oh, eat. Sorry. Okay. So, well, I don't want to make any comments on, on him as a, you know, as an individual. But that's why we don't support this book. Okay. We don't support this book because of that. If you are going to change everything in that book to... um and put the word human in there. It's not that we're torturing humans. It's not that whether or not torturing humans is right as such. That's not the important issue. The important issue is should we be torturing humans given the way that we raise them to be tortured? Now, that has a totally different connotation to uh, a speciesist, right? Because mm -hmm. they can say, that, that just sounds utterly insane. Does that not sound insane when you, when you hear that? I would say, you know, if somebody wrote a book about how maybe we, you know, maybe we can actually torture each other. You know, it's okay to torture children. Um, it's just the way that we're torturing them. You know, we need to actually provide um, padded playrooms for them while we're torturing them. You know, nobody, it would be utterly insane. Now, they can't see because they don't, they don't obviously think that it is as bad. Like for me, what he is saying is, is, is just as bad as if, as if he was saying that about torturing children, for example. It's not about whether or not it's right to torture children. It's how we're torturing them, how we're raising them to be tortured. For me, it's, it's all one and the same. So that book is, um, you know, it's, I don't like. I really have very little to do or say about that book. I don't think it's in any way. Um, it's just not confronting speciesism. It's not doing. It's not doing. What really annoys me is he's getting interviews on the Allen Show, and you know all this kind of stuff. And yet Gary's, you know, Gary, Gary's the one who should be on those shows because, um, you know, that's what we need to be. So, yeah, people wonder why we don't like that book. Well, there you go. I mean, I hope that anybody listening to this who doesn't understand why we are not very happy or not, not overjoyed about that book, you know, uh, listening to what he just said, do you understand, people, why we're saying that it's really ineffective and that it's not confronting the real issue and that it's just, 
you know, it might help some people go towards, you know, I mean, he promotes locally raised animal food as food. He promotes yeah. it. He promotes the eating of animals, actually, as long as it's done in a certain way where he says it's humane. So he obviously doesn't think it's wrong. You know, he's not an abolitionist. All these people who are like, I'm an abolitionist. I really want to see the end of animal. Well, guess what? This guy doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He's not. An, he doesn't want to see the end of animal use. He's come right out and said it. It's not. That's not the problem. And he doesn't think yeah, it's no, wrong to use them. Well, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, isn't it interesting that like organizations like I'm getting a, a sheet of paper because I'm quoting here, but um, organizations which have been characterized as new welfares, meaning that they they do take the position that we should um, abolish animal use, mm. but they do not take the position that it's wrong to merely regulate it. So they they think that welfareism is a means to abolition, as you know. Mm. Um, and um, the only the only way they actually do take that position is that they state it in like their mission statement, like PETA, for example, because they do they do state something like that. And um, but I, but I think it's interesting that despite them taking that, they promote these books. They're like, yeah, you should read you should read Fower and you should read um, Singer. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just so amazing that they claim to take this approach. Yet, um, here is Fuller saying, like, I just don't agree with Wright's approach. I don't, I have no problem using animals. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And even Singer, who, I mean, uh, Singer is called an animal rights activist, an animal rights writer. Even on Wikipedia, I'm kind of having like a little wiki war on there, trying to get Singer off of there. Oh, good on you. And, um, I mean, it, we could talk about philosophy all day, but all you need to do is look in um, animal liberation in the uh, 1975 edition, on pages, let me see where he actually says, uh, on page eight, I have here, he, he actually rejects animal rights as being, quote, irrelevant to the cause of animal liberation, and that rights are, quote, in no way necessary, calling the language of rights convenient political shorthand. Yeah. Rejects animal rights. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not the simplest argument for that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, um, a lot of people, I think, in my dealings with people, um, they don't, um, they, um, they do think that, uh, you know, they haven't even read that book, but they still promote, they think that he is, you know, like I say, it's all the second and third hand information. And it, by the time it gets to the third or fourth person, it's gone through five other people. So what are you really hearing? You really do need to go to the source. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so they're not going to the source. They're hearing what other people, as far as Peter says that Peter, Peter, you know, people for the ethical treatment of animals says that Peter Singer is the father of animal rights and therefore he's the father of animal rights. They're not going to go and read what he wrote. They're not reading what Gary writes. Um, so they don't know these things. They really don't even know these things, and they really do. Um, they are vegan, and they want to see the end of um, animal use, but they um, think that um, that um, they really do, some of them believe that these uh, welfare reforms are working. They don't actually know that they're being lied to as well. You know, um, people are trying to bust these myths with these free-range videos. Thank goodness they're coming out with the, with the truth about free-range eggs. Because people who are promoting these things don't even have never seen a free range egg facility. They're going on what their what their group is telling them. Their group is quoting all these facts and figures and saying the welfare is so much better and they're so much happier and they're they're all this and they're quoting all these stuff and they don't actually even know the truth. So you have people who at their core might have it if they were only given the right information, might actually help us 
right? But they're not being given the right information by their by the own groups that they're supporting because they're trusting them to have the right information. So you do have people. There are you know there are people out there who are being misled by the very groups that they are you know supporting and who are promoting things that they really have no idea about, and that's what. Really upsets me as well. So, when you go and talk to them and say, "Look, go and look at this video," you know, do you go down to these farms, you know, and do you go and check on this information that you're being told? Have you been to where they're farming these animals to see this welfare that you're being promoted is so good? And you know, most people aren't. And then they come back and say, "Have you?" And I say, "Look, I think we shouldn't be using animals at all. I'm not the one saying it's better. You are." I'm saying it's all bad, so I don't have to go down to the farms. I'm saying it all needs to stop because, fundamentally, morally, we should not be using them as our renewable resources for this reason, that reason, and that reason. So I don't need to go and talk about the difference of degree of suffering because it's all wrong to me. But the bottom line is, here's a video of somebody who did do that. Watch that video now. You could say it's a video. Like I remember, Corey was like, you know, I haven't seen any of these things, and I'm like, neither have I. But you know, I disagree that we should be using them anyway. I'm not trying to promote、uh, these things as better, but I am going to tell you that, you know, because I fundamentally think we shouldn't be using animals, and because you claim that you fundamentally agree, why are you perpetuating the property status by discussing these uses as humane in the first place? There's really no answer to that, is there? Okay, I hope that you're enjoying listening to this conversation that we had, and we talked for quite a long time. We,、um, I find that when I get、uh, talking to、uh, to anybody who I'm associated with,、um, who's helping me,、um, and and helping all of us, and helping、uh, promote this message of abolition, we actually never run out of things to say. Um, you know, obviously we are in agreement. This is not a debate or an interview; it's a conversation. But I think that we do talk about a lot of things that maybe a lot of people can relate to who are listening. Maybe there are people listening who have total disagreements about some of the things that we agree on, and I'd be very happy to hear about those.、Um, you know, please email me any comments at nzveganpodcast at me dot com, or leave a comment on the on the blog post if you if you like. And、um, stay tuned for part two. And thanks for listening.